Hey, this is Ryan Miller. I'm the lead pastor of Local City Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk encourages you, inspires you, and reminds you that there is always hope. That this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the message. excited for today because we are in week two of a collection of talks called Better Choices, Better Life. As you get your notes out, turn to the person on your right, tell them better choices. Say it like you mean it, come on, better choices. And then turn to the person on your left, tell them better life. Better life. There you go. Rooted down, ingrained in you today. Better choices, better life. I have learned that Maybe you would agree with me that I am not the best decision maker all the time. Anybody ever made a wrong choice here? All right, yeah. Today, you'll wanna go to lunch and you'll be like, I wanna go here. And then you'll sit down with the menu and you'll say, man, I've had this before, but this new special looks really good. And you'll get the new special. And as soon as the waiter walks away, you'll be like, ah, I should have gone with the normal, the usual. And then you see it come and you're like, yep, definitely should have. Or if you're like me, you order something, but you, for some reason, always want what the other person ordered, right? Because you're like, man, that looks good. Because the other person's always looks better than yours for some reason. Sometimes it's good just to go, go to where you know it's going to be good. Like a few, uh, few weeks ago, my wife, Adrian and I, we had uh, the night where we just had the baby. We have two kids, a five-year-old and a one-year-old in a few days, which is crazy. Shepard and Teddy. And we just had Teddy, so we mean we could kind of muster out a little bit of a date night. And so we're like, man, where do you want to go? What's going to be good? And we're like, you know what? Let's just go back to an old faithful. Let's hit up a little Italian family Carabas on this Friday night. Went there, got my normal rigatoni dish, and man, it was so good. Left feeling full and excited and slept great with all that breaded pasta filling my tummy. Am I right? So you got to just go to what's faithful and you got to choose what comes easy sometimes. But I know in my life, maybe you would agree that I'm not always the best decision maker. I've made some wrong choices. I can think back to when I was in middle school. And there was this big thing that was popular in middle school. It's not so much any today because of caller ID, but prank calling was a big thing back when I was in middle school. Man, you'd call and be like, yo, is your refrigerator running? And they say, yes. You say, yo, you better go catch it. Snap, yeah, gotcha, right? Like we were, so me and my friend, we were just going through his neighborhood phone book, just like home after home after home, having a good old summer day as sixth graders, home alone. It was awesome. And then suddenly we get a little rat-a-tat-tat on the door. And we go to the door, and wouldn't you believe there were two police officers standing there? And they were saying, hey, you guys having some fun today? And we said, no, we're just sitting here studying during this summer day. No, they've been making some calls, have you? Yep, well, that's not good. We got to take your names, take your information, and we got to call your parents. No, right? Not a good decision. And sometimes those decisions stay with you. I remember when I first got my driver's license, and I was driving out like a typical high school kid, I don't know if it's this way anymore, but when you were a 16-year-old, you had a curfew of when you had to be home. You could not be driving after 11 o'clock. And wouldn't you know it, it's like 10.58. I'm like 15 minutes down the road, and I'm like, yo, got to get home now. So I'm speeding home in my little 1994 Honda Accord, and uh, I get down close to my house, and wouldn't you know the blink blinks of blue and red lights go up in the rearview mirror. Guy pulls me over. He said, where are you going so fast? I said, well, I'm kind of breaking the law right now because it's after 11 and I'm trying to get home so my parents don't get mad at me, so just let me go. He's like, I can't do that. So he goes back to the car for a few minutes. You know how they go back to the car and they just let you wait? 
They just, I feel like it doesn't take that long to write a ticket. You just print it out of the computer, all right? I feel like they like that they're making you sweat. And so I'm sitting there sweating. I'm so afraid, so afraid, because I'm already late. And he comes back and he says, Mr. Miller, have you ever had any problems with, with the cops before? Have you ever done something in, in your past? And I said, this is the moment to tell the truth or to lie. And I said, you know what? There was one time where I did get in trouble for prank calling. And he was like, you and your friend Alex. I was like, yo, man, he actually took our names down. What my mom's here today, you can ask her. It's true, all right? Like we make some bad decisions sometimes. We're just trying to have fun or we're in a rush. And I know that I need to make some better choices. Could you agree with me today that I'm so glad I don't have to figure it out on my own, but I have some wisdom and guidance that can put me on the right path of what choices to make. I'm thankful for God's word. And today, with the gift of God's word in your life, here's our conversation is that today, you can take back your life. Now, this is not some Tony Robbins motivational speech, like go and get what's yours, be successful. No, this is, hey, take back your life and be who God created you to be and stop letting decisions and choices totally rob you from the full life that Jesus has for you. One of the things I had to learn with Psalm 25, one through two and verse four through five, it says, oh Lord, I give my life to you. I trust in you, my God. So show me the right path, oh Lord. Point out on the road for me the way to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me. And all day long, I put my hope in you. I'd love for you to underline that last phrase. All day long, I put my hope in you. Today, I'm going to give you a foundation on how to make good choices in your life. We're going to talk about why we make the wrong ones. And then we're going to talk about why and how we can make the right ones, which I believe the right ones are already in front of us. As the psalmist David tells us, God, I've given my life to you, so you will show me the right path to take. And you will point out the road for me to follow. My hope for you today is that you would not leave this room confused or lost, but you would understand that God is giving you direction. He is leading you and you can trust him. And as we pray, here's where we're gonna go this morning if you wanna write it down. The quality of your choices determines the quality of your life. The quality of your choices, I promise you, will determine the quality of your life. Would you pray with me today? as we open up in this conversation. Father, we're so thankful for your word. I'm so thankful that your word tells us that if we need wisdom and direction, if we ask for it, you will give it to us. And so today, God, we're asking for it. I ask for, for wisdom. I ask for the right direction. I ask for better choices in our life. And today, God, we simply open up our hearts for these next 25 minutes as we lean into your word. I'm so thankful to be here with the people of local city. So thankful for all of our kids and leaders and teachers in local city kids right now. And God, we just pray today that we would listen and lean in to the great things that you have to say. We love you, Lord. We trust you today. We have given our lives to you. And we know that all day long, we put our hope in you today. And if there's anyone in this room that doesn't know you or doesn't know the hope that they can have in you, I pray that you would speak to them about it this morning. We love you, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name, once again, we all say amen, amen. Come on, give a nice round of applause and shout for everybody watching for Local City Online today. So glad you're with us. If you're watching today or online, we are glad that you're here. What I've found in my life is that decisions I have made that have been somewhat good are now paying off. I do have to have, a, now this is a good uh, 
This is me going before you as the pastor, as the servant leader, right? Like being open and transparent about some mistakes that I've made. I don't do the prank calling thing anymore. I really try not to speed anymore. Uh, but some things I've, have gone uh, lacking in my life that I've forgotten about. So just a couple of weeks ago, I have to be honest with you, I went to the dentist for the first time in like six years. Been a long time, right? And so I happened to see on social media that the dentist right down the street from me was offering a $99 special cleaning checkup. Come on in. And I was like, you know what? Unless there's anything emergency, I'm not letting them talk me into anything. So I went in there for the cleaning and they get the cleaning done. They're like, all right, Mr. Miller, no cavities. It's like, yo, let's go, man. I was expecting him to be like, yeah, a lot. Every tooth got one, right? And so I went home to my wife and told her that, hey, I went to the dentist. Guess what? No cavities. And she said, how is that even possible? You haven't been to the dentist in six years. I said, I don't know. Maybe the Lord just really loves me and he's shown favor in my life. Maybe it's a genetic thing, but I think there are a couple things that I've just decided, right? Like years ago, I decided like no more soda for me, right? Like all I'm doing is water as much as I possibly can. If I want a little bit of a taste, I'll do some sparkling water, right? Like I'm a big liquid death fan and all it is is water in a can. I don't know why it just tastes so pure and cold coming out of that can. And I only drink black coffee. Like, no sugary lattes for me. Like, every time they say just black coffee, I said, yep, I'm boring and easy. Bring it on, right? And I feel like maybe those decisions, because I'm not swishing my teeth with sugar every day, maybe that helped. I'm no dentist, but maybe it did help. You're like, that probably didn't help at all. Well, maybe it did. Just go with me, all right? So a decision I made years ago is paying off when I don't even really see it sometimes. And so today what I want you to do is make a few decisions that may not pay off tomorrow, but may pay off six years from now. When you maybe not go into the dentist, but you go into a situation and like, hey, you're good. Well, what? Yeah, because you decided long ago to do it this way. But I know in our life, we struggle, right? Life is a struggle sometimes. It's difficult. This life is hard, which is why I'm so thankful that Sunday's the first day of the week and we can be together and be encouraged and worship together. I'm so thankful for God's word. But we do struggle to make good choices. But why is that? I want want you to write some things down. Here are three reasons why we struggle to make good choices, but let me kick it off with a verse. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans 7, 19, that I want to do what is good, but I don't. (laughs) I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. How many can relate to that verse, right? Like, I want to do what is good, but I don't. Other translations say, "I, I do what I hate, and it drives me crazy. You ever been constantly making that decision week in and week out, and you're like, why do I keep doing that? Why do I keep making that choice? Well, today what I want to give you a gift of is realizing that here's why sometimes I make the wrong ones, and how can I begin to make better ones? Well, number one is this, is that we are overwhelmed with choices. We are overwhelmed with choices. There's just so many things to choose from. You walk out the doors and you walk right down to Hyde Park Village, you got dozens of places you can choose to eat from. And you're like, what am I going to do? You just walk around in circles for 30 minutes and you haven't decided, right? You get overwhelmed with choices. I actually don't want to go to a place that advertises like Baskin Robbins, you know, over 30-something flavors. Like, no, man, just give me one flavor. All I need is some vanilla. It's okay. I'm boring. Maybe some chocolate sauce. But I don't want to be overwhelmed with so many choices all the time. Studies show that subconsciously and consciously, we can make over like 30,000 decisions a day, from really little things to really big things. And psychologists have begun to diagnose people with what they call decision fatigue. 
that by the end of the day, you're not really making decisions that are good anymore because you're so fatigued. You're so tired. Like if you ever get home and your spouse asks you, how was your day? Like, oh, it was fine. You don't, want, you don't want to decide to open up because you've already made so many decisions throughout the day. We're overwhelmed with choices because there's a lot of them, right? There's a lot of things that we can choose from. There's a lot of different ways we can go. There's a lot of good reasons that we have, but sometimes it's just slowing down and realizing that we don't want to be overwhelmed by so many choices. Number two, we are afraid of making the wrong choice. And I believe this puts us in a dangerous place where we just become apathetic to decision anymore. Because I believe, and this is something I tell our team, is that the greatest enemy to us is not wrong decisions, it's indecision. It's like today, again, I use food as a lot of examples, right? Like you're with your friends out front under the welcome tent, you're like, where do you want to go to lunch? I don't know where you want to go. I don't know where you want to go. Where do you want to go? Just make a decision and let's go, right? Like indecision frustrates us. But I believe the reason we make wrong ones is because we get so afraid that we're going to make the wrong choice rather than just deciding. Can I just give you a truth about God? Because I was a youth pastor for a long time, so I dealt with high schoolers, and now that I'm a pastor at church, I deal with the same thing where people are always, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. Uh, can I just tell you that God is not so much interested in what decision you're making, but how you're making it. And the first thing he wants to let you know is that, hey, I'm a redemptive God no matter what. So guess what? If you make the right decision, God's going to be with you and keep you going. If you make the wrong decision, you're never too far gone or down this way where God can't turn you around and say, let's get back going. That was a little detour, but I'm still with you. I still got you. Come on, are you thankful that God is a redemptive God? You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. Number three, we let emotions overrule wisdom. We are in a culture that is led by emotions. That is not healthy. Feelings are great indicators, but they're not great influencers. They're a good signal, but they're not a good steering wheel. And so when it comes to feelings and emotions, we've got to begin to let, lay those aside and not let them overrule the wisdom of God's Word and what we know God is asking us to do. I have never experienced this more so than in the last five years. What happened five years ago? I had a kid. And then four years ago... I had another one, and they're two boys, and they are awesome, but they're also a little crazy. And so there are times when they don't listen, and that's okay. There are times when they are throwing stuff around. Even our little one-year-old just loves going to the toy basket and, and throw, like, picking out all the toys, throwing them everywhere, and sometimes the emotions are like, hey, stop! I know you don't yell at your kids, but sometimes I do. I just got to be honest with you. I lose it sometimes, okay? I got to be, but wisdom would say, hey, take a deep breath. This is a teaching moment, right? Like sometimes we let emotions just run wild, right? It's that time when you get emotional about stopping something or shopping for something, right? You're like, oh, it's prime day. Let's go. Look at all these deals. Do you even need any of that? No, but I'm getting 40% off. So clearly I should have it, right? And the wisdom of budget is thrown out the door. Maybe when you're driving and someone cuts you off, wisdom would say, hey, pray for them that they would be safe and they would be heavenly minded. Emotions is like, yo, I'm praying for you to go to, no, I'm just not going to say that much, but we get that, we get that in us, right? I'm not perfect, neither are you, right? But we got to take a deep breath and not let emotions rule. Here's why. This quote I wrote down on my journal, if, if your life is moving in the direction of your decisions, do you like the directions your, decision, the, your decisions are taking you? 
I mean, sometimes we love to look out the window and blame, 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 but sometimes we just got to take a 180 turn and look in the mirror. Like, these decisions, my decisions got me here. My choices got me here. So again, if you don't like the way your life is moving, don't wait. Make a decision today. Here's the, there's this, this is the key. This is the thing I want to talk about for the next three weeks. The key is to decide now what you will do later. Like, it's I, I, this concept, uh, Craig Rochelle wrote a book called Pre-Deciding. That no matter what, I'm going to decide now what I will do later. And in your margins of your notes, I want you to write this down, and it's going to be a thing that you, I want you to fill in the blank at some point with maybe a list of things, but here's the gift for better choices in your life is that when I'm faced with this situation, I have pre-decided to take this action. So, when I'm faced with Amazon Prime Day deals, I'm going to wait three days before I make impulse purchases. In your mind, you're like, wait a minute. If I wait three days, I'll miss the deal. <laughs> exactly. Problem solved. I'm just going to pre-decide. I'm not going to make impulse purchases. If it's not in the budget, I'm not doing it. When I'm faced with worry and anxiety, I have pre-decided that I'm going to worship and pray first. I am not going to go commiserate and whine and cry or go to the things that stress me out even more. I'm going to worship first. I'm going to crank that Spotify playlist. I'm going to take a deep breath and go pray. I'm going to text someone, hey, I need some prayer today. When I'm faced with God feeling at a distance, when I'm faced with difficult situations in my life, I have pre-decided I am not going to leave. I have pre-decided I will be in church. I have pre-decided I will be in God's word. I have pre-decided that I will never give up on God because he has never given up on me. Why is this so important? Because when your values are clear, your choices are easier. When you know what you value, you're going to make the right choice. When it comes to Adrian and I parenting our kids, we have values. Church is a value. And so it makes the choice easier. Does it necessarily, hear me, make the situation easier? She laughed because it's true. <laughs> so one of the choices that we've made is we want our kids to love the house, love the house of God, love church. And so every single morning, even when it makes us late, Adrian brings our five-year-old shepherd at 7.30 in the morning here. And is it crazy? Oh, yeah. Is he running around and we have to make sure he's okay? Oh, yeah. But you know what he, you know what he gets excited about? He comes here, he says, hey, guess what, Daddy? I was on the strong, strong guys team today, helping them set up signs and all this stuff. And he's starting to love the fact that even at five years old, he's playing a part in the house. He's playing a part in the house of God. Our values are we want our, so our value is we, no matter what, we want our sons to love the church. And so we've made those choices easier. And we know that even though the situation may be more difficult, the choice is easy because we know the end result. And so for us, you got to begin to realize what do you value? Because that will tell you everything. Because if you backtrack from choices, I can tell what you value. Because if you value you, you're going to make decisions all about you. If you value easiness of life, then all your choices are never going to be about your commitment or about sacrifice. They're just going to be about ease and comfort. For us, when our values are clear, our choices are easier. 
I, I think of someone in the Bible who had such clear values that it stayed with them in their entire life. If you want to find someone in the Bible that went through some difficult things that had every reason to complain and give up and choose their own way, it's this guy in the book of Genesis by the name of Joseph. So Joseph was a part of Jacob's family. Jacob was the father, well, God's the father of Israel, but Jacob was who everything came out of, really, his sons. And so Joseph was one of these sons. And Joseph was a little bit of a dreamer, a little bit of a visionary. And so one day he comes to his brothers and says, hey, guess what? This awesome thing happened. I had a dream where one day all of you are going to bow down to me and serve me. Now, if you ever had a younger sibling come to you as the older sibling and say, hey, guess what? I had a dream where you're going to serve me and bow down to me. You'd be like, yo, man, I'm going to lock you in your room. You're not coming out, right? That's kind of what happens. The brothers get so mad, they sell Joseph into slavery. Not his fault, but, he, but they did it to him. Only because he was kind of telling them something he was excited about. And what happens then, again, not Joseph's choice, they did that to him. He, so he's sold into slavery, and eventually he winds up in a guy's house by the name of Potiphar. And what we see in Scripture with Joseph is that no matter what, he was doing the best he can to make the best choices, to be an exemplary person who loved God and trusted God. Keep in mind, he was just sold into slavery by his family. I got problems. That's not one of them. <laughs> like, that's a big issue, a big problem to have. And so he finds himself in Potiphar's house, but he chooses to have a good spirit. He chooses to trust God, and eventually he is put in charge of all of Potiphar's estate. Every single thing that, and person that Potiphar owned and lived in his house and lived on his land, Joseph now had all authority. And there was one person in Potiphar's house who really liked Joseph. I love that, again, Joseph didn't write Genesis, but I'm, I don't know how, maybe he snuck it in there. There's a verse in Genesis 39 where it says, and Joseph was really handsome and of well build. I'm like, man, I would love for that, my obituary, to say that. Like, like, that'd, be fun, that'd be nice, you know? But that's what it says about Joseph. And because that was true about Joseph, Potiphar's wife had a big old crush on Joseph. And she kept throwing herself at him and throwing herself at him. And he constantly would say, no, this is not a good idea. Well, let me tell you what he says. In Genesis 38, 8 through 9, here's what he says. But Joseph refused. Look, he told her. My master, Potiphar, trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you, because why? You're his wife, lady. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin. This is important. It would be a great sin against God. Notice how he said all these things about why he's making this decision, but the foundation of everything is I cannot sin against my God. I cannot sin against the one who created me. I cannot do the opposite of what he's instructing me. I believe Joseph knew his values. I believe Joseph knew his values so much that it made decisions like this easy. Flip it on, flip it on its head. Look what it's, You could say, man, I've got authority over everything, so of course I deserve this. How many times has the phrase, I deserve this, gotten you in trouble when it comes to choices and decisions? That hard day, I deserve this. I've been working hard. I deserve to hold on to my time and talents and treasure like this. It's mine. I worked hard for it. I was, uh, I was reading this little quote that I had saved a long time ago. I was sharing it with Adrian, and it says, what's so funny about people when you go to a party is that you'll have one person who says, I'm going to take three pieces of pizza because it might run out, and the other person say, I'm going to take one piece of pizza 
because it might run out. See, the I'm going to take three because otherwise I may not get what I want. I'm only going to take one because I want everyone to be able to have some. I'm not going to ask you which one you are. I know which one. I'll, I'll, I know I'm the three. I still am. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. It's okay. I got other things. I'm not. I'm, I know I'm working on that one though. All right. Don't. Get, I love pizza. Don't get me in, in the way of pizza. All right. So here's the thing though. What are the core values? Right. I need to learn these too, as you can tell. Uh, number one is what Joseph says at the very end. We're going to backtrack through this verse. Number one, his core value is that he that we love God. Our core value is I love God. So guess what I do first? I listen to what God says. What boggles my mind is how people will have difficult, big decisions in their life and they will not once open their Bible and see what does God say. There's a big book, I mean you can read this one, there's a big book in the middle of the Bible called Proverbs that says things like, well, if you make the unwise choice that's going to lead to death. Well, how do you know it's in there? Because I open it and I read it. And I know that it also says that God will give me freely wisdom if I simply ask for it. So I would encourage you, if you really love God and say you're a follower of Jesus, why don't we open, open his word and see what he says? Rather than running to comfort things of binge watching or music or whatever blog thing that we like to read and get inside, why don't we just go to God's word? Because here's the thing. I make decisions not based out of pressure or obligations towards God, I make decisions out of my love for him. It's not, I will not, I will never be un, unfaithful to Adrian, not because it says in the rules of marriage, it's because I love her so much. See, you can know all the things that God wants you to know about rules and regulations, but really if you don't love him, you're not going to have the willpower to do it when you need to do it. When you need to say, hey, no, Potiphar's wife, stay the heck away from me. You got to love God. You got, number two, you have to love others. I just, I, church is not a place that's self-focused. Following Jesus is not a thing that's self-focused. In Mark 10, 45, Jesus says, for I did not come to be served, but to serve and give my life. So when you have a core value of loving others, you just serve others whenever you can. You care for them. It helps you make the decision. What does Joseph say? He says, hey, lady, <clears throat> Potiphar has given me all this authority. He has been very generous to me. So I will not betray that trust. When you love others, it gets the focus off yourself. And sometimes that's the simplest decision we can make. It's to stop worrying so much. I think about my wife. I think about my family. I think about my church. If I make this decision, how will that hurt them? How will that mess them up? Rather than just doing whatever I want, whatever I feel like. The, the practical of love God is open his word. The practical of love others is why don't you listen to some godly counsel sometimes? Some of the best decisions I haven't made have been because godly counsel said, yo, don't do that. Let me tell you a quick story. When Adrian and I were getting trained to plant this church, we went through an organization that we love and is so generous to us called the ARC. We're still an ARC church today. stands for the Association of Related Churches. We filled out our application, sent it over to them, and guess what? It came back and said, denied. We want you to wait a year. And my selfish self, my selfish, ambitious self said, oh, no, not today. You try to hold me down. Don't you know who I am? We're going without you. And it wasn't until I sat down from an other pastor friend of mine 
who has an authority voice in my life, and I told him, hey, they denied us, but we're going. Thought he was gonna be, thought he was gonna like get behind that tenacity and be like, yeah, bro, let's go, you got this. He said, yo, dude, sit down and shut up and let me talk to you. They know better than you, and you need to listen to them, and you need to trust them. You need to trust who you chose. You've chosen God. If you've chosen to plant yourself in this house, it means that we have past pastor voices and leader voices and small group areas where you can find the wisdom that you need. And if you love others, you want to listen to them. One of the things that frustrates me, I'll just tell you as a pastor, is when people run to their friends that have nothing to do with God and have nothing to do with church and listen to them for advice. If someone is not spiritually ahead of you, they do not have the right or influence to give you advice or wisdom about what you should do. You need to find someone who is ahead of you spiritually. My pastor, he's old, way older than me, intentionally, because I don't want someone who's just a year ahead of me. I want someone who can speak as an other voice into my life. Third thing is this, is that we have a value of pursuing excellence. What does this mean? These are the values of our home team as well. It's mean we just want to keep getting better. What did Joseph keep doing? And never once did he pursue, pursue excuses. My brothers did this to me, so I'm just going to do whatever I want or I'm just going to give up. He pursued excellence. He said, you know what? Even when I'm a slave in this guy's Potiphar's house, I'm going to serve. I'm going to care. I'm going to be an example of the love and trustworthiness of God. You know what happens in the story? Joseph gets totally betrayed, not even betrayed, gets totally thrown under the bus by Potiphar's wife. She throws herself at him one more time, grabs his tunic, he runs off, and she brings his little tunic, his little cloak to Potiphar and says, yo, you're second in command, try to take advantage of me. Potiphar's furious, furious, throws Joseph in prison. We know the story, Joseph didn't do anything wrong. But you know what it immediately says when he gets thrown in prison? Immediately, Joseph began to serve and then achieved excellence and greatness in the prison where he was in charge of all the prisoners. He was a good example. He pursued excellence in his life. How many times have we made the wrong decision because we're pursuing excuses? I don't want to decide. or I, I, that, That's the hard decision. I want to make the easy one. Or that you don't, you don't know me. You don't know my past. Man, God wants you to pursue excellence in your life. Not perfection, but constantly getting better. And Joseph, because he does that, there's this situation. He had been given the gift of interpreting dreams, and there's one time where two, of, two officials that served Pharaoh are thrown in prison. And they have dreams, and they, says, well, and they tell Joseph this. And he says, well, you know what? Your dream means you're going to be restored to your position. Your dream means you're going to die. Sorry. And so the one guy who's restored to his position gets back to his position. You would think when, he said, when like, he's back in Pharaoh's court, he's like, hey, guess what happened? No, he waits. He, doesn't, he forgets about Joseph entirely and waits years until Pharaoh has a dream. He's like, does anyone know who can interpret this dream? And the cupbearer finally is like, oh, you know what? Yeah, there was a guy in prison that told me about my dream. Maybe he could help you. And Joseph was still there serving, still caring, still making good choices. And he tells Pharaoh his dream about how they need to prep for the famine that's coming. They need to put away food. And because of his wisdom that came from God, he's then placed as the second in command of all of Egypt. Why? Because at every moment in his life when he had the decision to make, he did this, I believe. And I think it's really simple. I'm sorry how simple it is, but I just believe it can practically change your life. That's choose joy. Every moment, he just chose to be joyful. 
That doesn't necessarily that he walked with like this pie in the sky happiness, but he did face his situations with joy. When you face your situations with joy, you see them as opportunities, not obstacles. You begin to make the decision of how can I make this better? How can I elevate this room? How can I serve people? How can I be an example of God and Jesus? And what happens is his whole family goes through this famine. The ones that sold him into slavery and eventually they come to Egypt and they come to him and they don't recognize him and they say, we need your help. And he doesn't say to them, yeah, you're the ones that sold me into slavery, so my choice, my decision right now is to do the same to you. No, he helps them. He gives them food. He gives them a place and a whole land in Egypt to settle and grow their families. And in Genesis 50, 20, he says this, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of many people. This is the decision. This is the foundation of loving God, loving others, pursuing excellence and choosing joy that no matter what, this situation, this person, you intended to harm me, but God, he intended it all for good. And I'm making that decision today. God brought me to this position, not so that I could posture and show how great I am, but so that I could save and serve the lives of many people. At no, no moment in Joseph's life that he tried to take back his life for his own. He tried to take back his life so he could be a better steward of what God had given him. So let me give you one word as we close today, one word that will change your life. And I promise you, as I've been honest with you before, it is never the character award that I won in elementary school or middle school at my private Christian school. I never won this one. Encourager, got that one a few times. Joy, got that one a few times. This one, I was probably last on the list every time. But it's the one word that will change your life today, and it's the word obedience. Obedience. I believe one of the ways you can make the best decisions in your life is just to hear what God says and do it. Trust God with your life and obey him. When he says, hey, trust me, lean on me, and I will make your paths straight. I will be there for you. Just obey. And it's that simple. At every moment, Joseph simply obeyed and trusted God. Why? I love what David says in Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? Can I encourage you today? If God is your God, you have nothing to be afraid of when it comes to obeying him. If you're following Jesus, you have nothing to be afraid of when it comes to following him. When your values are clear, your choices will be easy. When it comes to this situation, I have pre-decided that I am going to do this. When I'm going through a difficult season, I have pre-decided that I'm going to surround myself with faith-filled people, not just faithful people. When I am being destroyed by worry and fear and anxiety, I am going to worship and pray before. When I feel like giving up, I'm gonna keep showing up. And I've pre-decided that. Here's the thing this morning as we close. Obedience is my responsibility. And the outcome is God's. My question to you today is where have you been dodging God in your obedience? Is it trusting him more with your life? Is it 
realigning your time so it's more time with him, reprioritizing Sundays, getting in a group next Sunday for Circle Sunday. You can't do this life alone. And you can either make excuses about how busy you are or that's just not my thing. It is a kingdom thing and it will help you to do it. <laughs> when it maybe it comes to our generosity and our financial giving, I'm just gonna tell you that I never fear situations financially, not because of my own wisdom and my own might and strength, because my money is in the hands of God who can do way more and can protect it and can provide way better than I ever could. That's an area you're holding on. Let go. I've obeyed God in my relationships. I've obeyed God in who's he, who he has invited me to pray for and invite to church. And I know that it's the only way to live. And that's my responsibility. The outcome is God's. And God says, hey, put me on the hook for this. Test me in this. See what I do. Better choices, better decisions, better life. And I love the verse in John 10, 10, where Jesus says, I've come to give you life and life to the full. The enemy's come to destroy you. So don't listen to him anymore. I've come to give you life and life to the full. Thank you so much for joining us on the Local City Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Local City Church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to localcity.church slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.